0: There's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on
1: your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN New
2: York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. Well... It's, uh, it's truly hard to believe, but it was the first Sunday in February back in 1998 that I came on the air here at WFAN to address the issues of youth and amateur sports. And I've, I've tried to present topics from the parents' perspective, from the coaches' perspective, and of course from the athletes' point of view. But 1998, I mean, that's, that's last century, <laughs> and a lot has changed in the world of youth sports during that time. In any event, I, I do want to take a few moments uh, later on in the hour to mark and, and perhaps reflect upon this milestone, uh, because obviously it is, it is significant, uh, at least certainly is to me and my family. But first up on the docket, it is, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. And in what has become something of a tradition on the show, I want to talk about the hazards of sports gambling. Now, we all know that gambling on sporting events is commonplace in this country, and by by most marks, it, it's getting more and more commonplace. It grows by leaps and bounds. But gambling is not the debate this morning. Rather, what I want to focus on is the issue of kids who are becoming attracted to gambling and to let them know that... That wagering and gambling can carry with it all sorts of downsides that are unfortunately often overlooked or just not addressed by parents, coaches, or schools. In short, uncontrolled gambling can ruin lives very quickly. It's it's an addiction and is recognized as such by the medical community. And to help me in our discussion about gambling, I always invite our friend Don from Gamblers Anonymous to come on and talk about this. Don, first and foremost— Good morning. uh, And uh, and, as always, I'm glad to talk with you.
1: We always appreciate uh, your good thoughts about uh, helping young people.
2: Well, before I have obviously my usual questions for you, but before we even start, Don, I want to make sure that we get out the number for Gamblers Anonymous, uh, which is 855 222 5542. Uh, Obviously, there's clearly no larger event in America that people bet on in the Super Bowl. And it has to be, and I know, Don, you've been involved in, in Gamblers Anonymous for close to 40 years now. It has to be a, a tremendously difficult challenge for individuals who, who suffer from the addiction to wagering and gambling to resist and not part, take part in a game like today.
1: Well, we do, and obviously it, it certainly is, is a problem because I think anything that's hype just creates more of an awareness I went in to get lunch yesterday, and somebody asked me if I wanted to buy a box, which is, you know, uh, picking out what the final score would be. Mm -hmm. And there it was in the middle of a place that you would never think that it would be gambling. So it's all over, and, uh, you know, what we do as Gamblers Anonymous to help our members is we have a breakfast in the morning, and then around 6 o'clock at night, We'll have a meeting that'll last basically through the end of Super Bowl to help at least our members get through what is re- a difficult, difficult day.
2: I mean, look, as you to your point, I mean, there are these days there are casinos, online betting, there are poker shows endlessly shown on television, internet, obviously wagering, and on and on. I mean, there are temptations everywhere. Uh, and it just seems to proliferate more and more and more. And, and uh, you know, as I said, you've been involved in Gamblers Anonymous for a long time. What I want to talk about today, as we often talk, touch on the show, are, are the warning signs that all parents should really pick up on to see if their kids are somehow going down this pathway as well.
1: Well, what we've seen, you know, for parents to look at would be watching sporting events, you know, in an irregular manner, almost like it's a, a compulsion to watch it, watching the, the poker matches, children start isolating from their family, they're on the internet constantly, money starts to get missing, schoolwork deteriorates, and, and those are the signs that something is wrong. And yep. one of the problems with gambling, if you take three addictions, if you take drugs, or if you look at alcohol, and you look at gambling, the first two, you can see the telltale out, outside issues. You could see that there's a problem with gambling. It's an invisible illness, and people, so it hurts us, number one, is that people can't relate to it, and then the other thing is they can't see it. So it just makes it much more difficult for a parent to really pick up what's going on.
2: Yeah, let's that's, that's focus on that, uh, Don, because um, as you said, uh, there's so many things uh, in which our kids can go sideways on. And, you know, parents st- struggle with this because obviously there are concerns these days about all sorts of epidemics, whether it's uh, opioid epidemic, uh, you know, obviously drugs, uh, cigarette smoking, obesity. And then there's, there's just say it's, it's the quiet or the hidden addiction of gambling. It's almost like parents would rather say, well, I'd rather see my kid be involved than in, in uh, wagering or gambling because that's something that theoretically you know we can control and keep an eye on, but the fact is unfortunately, parents don't pick up on the reality that 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 kids can go down this pathway and it can really just uh, ruin everybody's lives i mean uh you know as you said, there could be everything from uh stealing. Uh, to, to cover lost uh, wage, wagers, there could be uh, credit cards uh, being used. I mean, there are a lot of things that moms and dads, you know, you're looking at your teenage kid who thinks that they know thing about sports and can't miss on their bets, and all of a sudden things go wrong, and it's a real concern.
1: Well, what we find is obviously not every single person who gambles has an addiction. Yes. But for those people, this is just the beginning of, of what they can do, if you think about a progression, and we call uh, c- compulsive gambling a progressive illness. Well, when you're young, the fuel and the fuel for gambling is different than the other addictions. Is it's money? So children have less money to really start moving along, but they go through, you know, to the access and to the excess of the money that they can get their hands on hmm and mm-hmm. that really is the problem
2: yeah I, and uh, again I just wanna make sure I keep mentioning the uh, the number for Gamblers Anonymous it's 855-222-5542 we're talking with Don from Gamblers Anonymous and uh, you know Don you know, I know you've been involved uh, in this organization for a long time T- tell our audience how, how you got went down this uh, this pathway in terms of how gambling affected your life and, and what happened to you.
1: Oh, I started gambling when I was about 13 years old. I was playing poker for pennies and flipping baseball cards. Remember, this is many, many years ago when there were not as many opportunities to gamble. Mm-hmm. And as I started working after school and earning money, I used the money to go to the racetrack with the older guys and even though there's rules of how to get into of age limit, we as compulsive gamblers are very resourceful. So we always figured out a way of getting into places that we were not legally allowed to get into.
3: Mm-hmm. I attended
1: college. Instead of going to classes, I stayed in the cafeteria, played cards all day. Sports betting came next. And then came you know tremendous legal problems for me. And it affected my whole life. And uh, compulsive gambling, when you look at it, affects seven people around you. It's not just you yourself. It affects the parents. It affects the siblings. It affects other relatives that are close. So it's not just that one individual who is affected by it. And finally, at age 30, um, I joined Gambles Anonymous, and I I accepted the fact that I had an illness, And, and I equate it. And I just use it, this is my way of looking at it. It's like diabetes. You know, you have an illness. It can be treated, but you have to treat it. And that's the way. And I've come to the realization that I can, can arrest my addiction, but it can't be cured. And that's why I continue to go to meetings. It's worked for me. Why would I change something that's working so well for me?
2: Yeah, and I, I think, uh, well, first of all, obviously, as you said, you, it took you until you said age 30 to sort of wake up and confront the fact that not only is this an illness, that it affects you, but it obviously affects a lot of people, immediate people in your family and, and uh, your friends, and, and it's something you had to confront, and it's become, as you say, a daily struggle uh, to deal with this, but obviously you are, and there there were quite frankly, thousands, probably millions of people with the same kind of affliction And yet, it takes a real effort to to have the courage, quite frankly, to to deal with this. Exactly. And,
1: you know, those things. But there is help. And the sad thing for many parents is their child is a young person, whether they're 16 up to 22, let's say, as we, you know, use a basis for talking about things. But so many when a child comes and said, I got in trouble from gambling, the first thing a parent does. Is give them money and to bail them out. Yeah. Not realizing that that's a bailout, and all that's doing is furthering the addiction. Because once that thought gets in their head that I promise I'll never do it again, the thought always is: when you go back, you know that somebody's going to bail you out. There's no consequences. What are they going to punish you by? You know, putting in your be- in the bedroom or something like that those things that's not the issue the issue was to really take a, a young person whether it be a male or a female and we're getting a lot more females coming in because there's venues where they're comfortable gambling females were not betting on sports and they weren't betting you know going into a racetrack but now to go to a casino to get lottery tickets which is another part of the addiction and that seems like it's it's like swept under the rug but buying lottery tickets. We've had members who go through hundreds of dollars a day and they're young people.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's, as I said, it's something that's not often discussed, which is why we're taking time this morning uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, the, the largest uh, wagered event of the year to talk with Don from gamblers anonymous. And, um, and again, a couple of things I just want to mention the, the website for gamblers anonymous is gamblersanonymous.org, uh The number Uh, For Gamblers Anonymous, uh, for GA is 855-222-5542. All right, I'm going to take a pause here, Don. When we come back, we'll talk more, and we'll take calls here uh, at 1-877-337-6666. Dave, Uram has your update. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. And back here on the uh, Sports Edge, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the show this morning. And uh, right now I'm talking with Don from Gamblers Anonymous uh, as I mentioned before the break uh, obviously Super Bowl Sunday which is a huge huge event for everybody who follows sports it also happens to be uh, the day with the, probably the perhaps the greatest temptation for people who are addicted to gambling and uh, as I do every uh, Sunday on on the on Super Bowl Sunday I bring on Don from Gamblers Anonymous to talk about the temptations and and how difficult it is for for uh, people who have this affliction, and uh, obviously we're, we want to make sure that moms and dads, in particular, are aware of their kids, uh, that they don't get uh, don't fall into this this uh, this, this uh, trap as well. Uh, the number for Gamblers Anonymous is eight five five two two two. Five five four two, and uh, yeah, we'll take calls for Don at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. In fact, Don, let's go to uh, let's go to Scott in uh, in Bayville, New Jersey. Scott, good morning. You're on the fan.
1: Uh, good morning, and, and guys, what a, what a tough subject, and what a uh, what a day you picked to uh, talk about it. My father was on the receiving end. He was a bookmaker up in uh, Burton County for many many years. And there was an expression that came out of all of this, and there's only two kinds of gamblers, losers and liars. So typically, gamblers will, will tout and, and brag about their wins, but they don't talk about the uh, the losses. Mm-hmm. And that, that creates a, the, the bizarre dichotomy of those on the outside that think some gamblers are lucky or are beating the system or have that gift, when the fact is no one has the gift, and at the end, uh, the scoreboard is always in favor of the house.
2: Yeah, that, that's the, the harsh reality, Scott, and, and, and Don, obviously you're uh, you obviously have you're aware of this uh, because you've lived this life knowing how difficult it is, but at the end of the day, you know, the fact is gamblers are, end up uh, on the short end of the stick. They always do. Right, and, but the thing is,
1: when we talked about losers, for a compulsive gambler who has an addiction, he can win 10 games in a row, and most people would take their money and use it for something useful. Compulsive gambler end game is it says in our in our in our kind of a book that we read. Mm-hmm. It says subconsciously we want to lose to punish ourselves. So the end was the end game for a compulsive gambler unconsciously is to attempt to destroy himself. Hmm. So wins wins don't matter. It's really to the end game. And the other thing that I we talked about, we kept talking about you know the child who's gambling. But the other part is that there's another part of our organization called Gaminon, which is for the for the wives and for the parents of compulsive gamblers. And this has really been very effective and what I find is when these parents come to these meetings, they learn about what's going on. They learn they're not alone and they learn that they can get help and how to deal with their children. So that's the most important thing. It's not about giving them money, it's about what can I do to help our child. This is the basis of your show, and this is what they can do. If they go to a meeting, learn about what's going on, and then they can get some help from people who have lived through this situation
2: yeah I can only imagine uh, you know these kind of scenarios. Uh, you know, when a parent begins to realize that their teenage son or daughter, for that matter, because as you pointed out that the the numbers on on female uh, gamblers are rising substantially as well, but that you know, at first the, the parent must probably go into a state of denial and say, "Well, no, the kid's gotten a problem. It's just that uh, they're learning about gambling, and that's what happens when you're a teenager, if you follow sports. But at some point, there must be that kind of situation where finally the parents say, "You know, this seems to be more than just a passing situation. Our son or our daughter really seem to be addicted to this." And, and I guess at that point the parents said, you know probably confronts the youngster and says, "Look, what's going on? Uh, the money is missing. Uh, I noticed the credit cards are being used. What's going on? Why can't you stop?" And I guess at that point, the, the youngster either goes into a state of denial or or just doesn't want to confront it. And that's where I guess as just say, you know, gamblers anonymous or, or or gambling on, that that that's when where parents really need to get some serious guidance and some help.
1: And the other part is if you think about a young person and you tell a young person you can never gamble again. It's something that they they just can't process. And it takes, you know, a special young person with the help of the family, to get them through it. We have so many members who came in at a young age. They knew somewhere in their mind that they had a problem, but they couldn't deal with the situation of never gambling again. Mm -hmm. And we can't gamble. Unfortunately, we can't gamble just part-time. There's nothing. We've all tried to gamble part-time, and it just goes back to this destructive
2: pattern. Yeah, I think that's an important point, Don, that it isn't, it isn't like, well, you know, I can just, um, I, I'm aware of my addiction, I know it's a problem, but I can, I'll, I'll basically limit myself to just gamble on a part-time basis. I know when to stop. So I'll just, I'll just gamble and uh, friendly wagers on Super Bowl Sunday, but the rest of the year I won't do it. As you point out, once you go down that slippery slope, it, it just, against the snowball, it doesn't stop.
1: Right. I had even gone I had not gone to a meeting, but I have family members who are psychologists, and I can remember not gambling for almost three years, so you figure you're cured, making that one bet, and it was uh, on a World Series game, and then the football season started, and I was only going to bet one game every Sunday, and within a couple of months, I was losing, ten during a week, ten times the amount of money that I made in a single week. Yeah, and it, it wasn't that I would even have the ability to figure out where I was going to get the money. That's the insanity, or stepping over the line of, of the addictive gambler.
2: It's it's as I said, it's just a, a downward spiral that unfortunately is, affects uh, you know just millions of families all over the, the country. And, and as you pointed out before the break, uh, you know in 2013 the American Psychiatric Association. Change the definition of compulsive gambling from just being an impulse disorder to a real addiction, and, and that, that's the concern we have here. It, it's something that we have to really unfortunately confront. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just something that's not going away. and as uh, in, you know, recent weeks I've, I've read where the NBA of all people, uh, you know that they're saying that well we want to see maybe the time has come to finally legalize gambling and, and betting on, on, on sports and, and the uh, basketball I'm thinking. I didn't understand Adam Silver, you know the commissioner of the NBA, he's a pretty bright guy. I don't understand why a professional league would say that time has come to sort of legalize all this. Don, do you have any theories as to what's going on with that
1: well I, I just I think for them it's a it's a way of making money. It's part of the future. Um, we see more and more venues coming up, and when we sit and talk about the fact of why are more people having gambling problems. Well, it really becomes because there's more venues that just to take a, a small microcosm in New York, there's resorts world, which is in aqueduct There's gambling out on long Island. They've opened up another venue. Um, the kids in the old days when they would bet on games, now they have this, this fan duel and draft Kings where they can just bet daily
3: mm-hmm.
1: on the players. So it's more and more chances for them to get involved in their addiction. And the NBA is just using it. And all it's going to do is, and we have no opinion on it, but all it's going to do is legitimize what's going on. And it'll be just another venue for a young person, whether it be male or female, to get in trouble.
2: Yeah, and and the oddity is, and again, as you said, in the last... You know, a couple of decades, we've seen this this growing push to to uh, make gambling, wagering, very socially acceptable. But nobody ever seems to want to talk about the downside, at, at whether it's the gambling, compulsive gambling, and addiction. You don't read these stories; they seem to get pushed off to the side. Yet, uh, Don, as you as you told me for years, this, this is the. The dark side of wagering that nobody seems to want to acknowledge, but it's it's obviously a concern and a growing concern because kids today just don't understand. They say, "Well, if it, why would it be legal? Why would it be out there if it can be something that's going to harm me?" And they just don't seem to see this the same way that perhaps uh, people who, who uh, you know more have a more of an adult perspective on it.
1: And, and the problem really comes back to gambling is a is an invisible illness. People just can't relate to it. They don't think it's bad. Uh, they they just see it as you know losing money or something like that, and that creates the problem. And that's 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 our fight.
2: Yeah, I hear you. you let's know, let's to, let's return to our call since our, I, uh, our our time is tight this morning. Let's go to uh, to Eddie in Brooklyn. Eddie, good morning. You're on the fan.
3: Good morning. Hi, I have a different uh, story about gambling. Uh, it seems like my father's uncle helped her create Las Vegas back in the 40s. And uh, we were told that, you know, dad and mom and dad always wanted to go to Vegas. And they saved their money until he got into his 60s. They finally started going to uh, Vegas. And they went every six months for a few days. Now, I know that was great for them. And they had great, great pictures and everything. But I'm 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 on the uh, side that I, I enjoy gambling. I tried drugs. I've tried alcohol, and I've I've done both till college. But I always put an aside an allowance of mine that would go towards either horse racing or playing you know football because baseball is just too many games and you can't really win with that. But thinking in a logical way, you could really. Do something, uh, you know, good with uh, different ways of uh, manipulating the point spreads that they have. All these well, gimmicks that
2: they have. Eddie, let, me, let me jump in here, Eddie, and and uh, thank you for the call. I mean, obviously, yes, adults certainly can go out and gamble. The question is, and we're talking about this morning, is when it gets out of control, and and that's what the that's uh, that's that's the dark side of this and. And, Don, uh, that's what we're talking about. Obviously, gambling is not going to go away. We know that. But for those individuals for whom it becomes uh, an addiction and it becomes a compulsion, that's where they need to get some help. And, uh, again, that number for Gamblers Anonymous is 855-222-5542. Hey, Don, I know you got to run off to the breakfast uh, this morning, but as always, I, I thank you uh, for coming on the show and, and, and basically telling people there is hope and help out there if they just pick up the phone or go to gamblersanonymous.org, uh, because it's obviously a very, very important message.
1: I, I'd like to thank you as for myself and the other members of Gamblers Anonymous for you know, airing this situation out and explaining to, to people what, where there's help and what the addiction is all about. And congratulations on 20 years.
2: Yeah. Don, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next year as well. Thank you. Take care. Uh, again, that's Don uh, from Gamblers Anonymous. The hotline, 855-222-5542. It's a great organization. If you have any concerns, particularly about your kids, uh, you know, give them a call, and they'll obviously get you help right away. Okay. Now, you know for the last few weeks I've been promoting my new book uh, on sports psychology to you all. And, well, this morning I'm going to announce an unusual kind of offer. Now, in short, you all know that I do a number of uh, speaking events each year to various towns, uh, communities, and schools. Well, if your team or sports organization can buy just uh, 25 print copies of my new book, The Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, the book uh, only costs 17.99, then I'll be more than happy to come and speak to your group about sports psychology and sports parenting. Now, I'm going to repeat that because um, I'm honestly... I'm so proud of this book that I'll gladly waive my usual speaking fee if you purchase 25 print copies so you can literally distribute copies to to your athletes. You know, it's the kind of book that all youngsters, all athletes, I feel, would benefit because it goes into how they learn to prepare their own mental approach to reaching their peak potential in the games. A lot of kids spend a lot of time working, obviously, on the physical components of the game But not much attention is paid to the mental preparation, and that's what this book is all about. Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Again, if you buy 25 copies, I'll come and speak to your town or your sports team, whatever, uh, and I'll waive my usual speaking fee. Okay, Uh, when I come back after the break, we'll talk about 20 years here on The Fan. Stay with me.